This episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 325 for the week of the 11th of July, 2018. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... Adam. And Scotty. This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Audible and actionfigureblues.com. Tonight, our toys of the week are the XM Studios Black Bolt statue, the SH Figure Arts Yamcha, and the Diamond Select Nightwing and Batgirl Minimates. Well, hello, gentlemen. Welcome back. Hey. Hello, hello. I'd just like to introduce myself to, to you guys. Yeah, you may not remember, but uh, my name is Ben, and uh, we, we, we used to podcast together. You know, oh, think back. I thought you were Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to Stephen? Yeah. Would you be able to provide a spreadsheet with all of the names that I need to know? Is that- yeah, I probably can, yes. Okay, yes, sadly. Sadly, indeed. <laughs> Mr. Scotty, how have you been since we last caught up? Good-o, good-o. Yes, so we, uh, we we have had a break from recording while people had been busy and we've been had a bunch of episodes sitting in the, um, the editing vault waiting for me to get to them. So, um, But I've been good. I've been super busy, but I think I'm finally beginning to climb out underneath a pile of giant busyness that has um, <laughs> come about basically because um, I, my business has decided that instead of my uh, project running at the pace that it was planned to run and build up gradually, that it needs to happen all at once and <laughs> that I need to hire the number of people that I was going to hire over two years now. So, no, right. <laughs> yes, and so I, do you want a job? <laughs> so I, um, yeah, I've just been recruiting um, people, like hiring people to do what I was doing to hire people to do what they were doing. To like, it's been crazy, but it was super, <laughs> super exciting. This is the joy of startups. Um, yeah, and uh, should all pay off in the end. But I just actually had a week long, lovely holiday with my family. Um, oh, and nice. I know. And do you know what I did? This is amazing. I had a social media detox for an entire week. Excellent. I know. I just, uh, you know, after things being busy and stuff being time consuming and uh, Twitter being insane, um, <laughs> <laughs> who knew that thinking that it would be a good idea to try and do some things about racism and sexism would lead to you know people threatening your life and stalking you it's like awesome on the and, internet yeah good grief <laughs> mm. anyway and so it's like right i'm gonna delete all my social media apps off my phone for a week and just enjoy this holiday and it was magical <laughs> <laughs> and you know you didn't miss anything nope 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 um, no, 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 I didn't. Well, actually, the one thing that I, the, the one thing that nearly got me back on, for those that don't know what I'm talking about, um, I've been 
uh, working with our lovely Eddie and also the fantastic um, Ernie and Marjorie from Marvelicious Toys and Star Wars Action News, um, promoting a hashtag called Force Out Hate to um, try and take a stand against some of this kind of crazy entitled fanboy nastiness that's been happening, not just in Star Wars, but just with entitled gatekeeping fanboys in general. Um, and uh, while I was offline, um, Ahmed Best, who played uh, Jar Jar Binks in the um, prequels, um, came out with his um, story about how the harassment that he uh, had to deal with after those films led him right to the brink of suicide. And mm. um, that uh, I knew that, that our hashtag was going to explode when that happened. And, uh, but anyway, I, I just messaged Arnie and said, is it exploding? And he said, yes. And I said, cool, I'll be back when, when it's time. So it was good. Excellent. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. I, I was, uh, I, I don't, I don't tweet, but I certainly followed it with, uh, with much interest. So, in, in between, when when you disappeared from social media, so I started trolling you online and realised that I was, you know, actually trolling a South American gay porn star instead. But you know, <laughs> that's a story for another day. Yeah, that's when you realised. Uh-huh. It, it never ever gets old. It never ever gets old. That's great. Uh, what about you, Mister Adam? What have you been up to? Well, I've changed jobs, which is awesome. Um, I've bought a, a new high-end gaming rig so that I can play um, video games at home to oh. the full extent of my leisureness. Yeah, um, and that's really like my highlights. So, yeah. I, I did think it was hilarious when you announced that you had a new job and we all went, yay, yay, yeah. uh, yay, Adam. And then uh, and then you messaged to say that you didn't have a job and we were like, oh, my God, how could you have no uh, job? You just had two jobs. Completely yeah. misinterpreting the fact that you had finished one job and had not yet started another. Uh, yes, <laughs> I was celebrating in the true Port Adelaide Football Club supporter method of being unemployed, drinking beer, and at the football at the same time. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Good work. You needed to know about it. <laughs> Good work. Good work. Ah, oh, it's very nice. And uh, and, ha- and is it all going well? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, um, so, so far this week, or well, last week was basically all induction. There'll be a fair amount of induction work still happening this week, which is outrageous. I've never had so much induction in my life. Um, <laughs> you should come and work where but, I work. It's just death by <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's great, you know, great bunch of people. Seems like a great company to work for, um, great facilities. So I'm happy on all fronts. And there's, like, you know, over a dozen people that I used to work with that are already there. So it's oh, that's not cool. That I'm, it's not that I'm completely with new people that I don't know. Mm. Mm. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's always handy. Yeah, very yeah. nice. How about you, Mr. Ben? Uh, I did something different in my, you know, 30-plus years of collecting pop culture-related crap, and I actually attended a major convention as a seller, which was, um, oh. which was great fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, it was really. It was exhausting. Uh, I'm. I'm not used to being on my feet for twelve hours a day. So that was kind of. Uh, <laughs> that was interesting, and I'm um, completely buggered by the end of the day. But uh, my 
um, my good friend and I have actually been buying uh, a couple of comic book collections and he's been buying the bulk of it, but um, it's just something I've gone in with him on and we started off doing a few sort of local shows and then decided to take, take the plunge and do a, a supernova in Sydney, which is probably, you know, Australia's premier sort of comic con. They do about half a dozen locations. And so we did the Sydney supernova and we loaded up a truck with many, many comic boxes. And, uh, yeah, it was, oh, it's about two and three quarter days. Um, and it's really quite interesting just chatting to people and just seeing what people were interested. We, one of the collections that we bought just as a, a byproduct of, you know, you have to take the good with the bad. Um, there was obviously, you know, early issues of amazing Spider-Man and things like that, that we were interested in, but it actually came with about, uh, about three boxes of old Archie comics. Um, oh. And if you're not familiar with Archie comics in, in terms of the actual titles, there's about oh, 50,000. Um, yeah. it's, it's just not just Archie and Archie and Friends and Jughead. There's, oh, my goodness, there's a, a lot of titles that they've done over the years. Um, and we did these kind of, um, it's almost like a backing board, but about 10 centimetres or four inches taller than a normal backing board. And we put them at the back of the box with logos on them so that when people came up to our booth, just looking at those sort of big title cards, they could kind of see what was in the box. You know, so just the Batman logo meant that, you know, that's where the Batman titles were kind of thing. And I did one for Archie. And the number of people that would just walk along and go, oh, my God, Archie Comics, I used to read these as a kid. And then they would flick through them and, and you know, I think we were selling them for all of about $5 and people would pick up one or two or three. And uh, we ended up selling probably half of them. Uh, it was really quite amazing when, you know, you knew that people were going to be looking for, you know, Deadpool's first appearance and Cable's first appearance. But um, the, the number of people that were interested in, in Archie and Phantom still um, commands a, a lot of interest, not something I've ever been a particular fan of, but, but Phantom definitely still has his fans out there. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of joking around and giggling and that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah it was interesting being on the other, other side of the, the table, as it were. Oh, cool. So. Yeah, and by the end of pack-up on Sunday afternoon when we had to load up all the boxes into the truck, I decided that we should have got into pop vinyls or something because once oh. you've, you know, once you've shifted 130 comic boxes, <laughs> it's oh, just, uh, your arms are just like jelly, basically. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But uh, speaking of acquisitions, Mr. Scotty, have you picked up anything of, uh, of interest? Well, hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. Obviously, it's been a while since we chatted. Um, I have got gotten the Deathstroke premium format from. Ah, oh, yes. Um, which yeah, I yeah, got. Yeah. Uh, just the regular version. Um, through our local retailer, Pop Culture, when they had a sale, and I was able to use my Pop Culture pennies as well to get it down to an only mortifying price. Um, mm-hmm. as opposed to excellent. Um, yeah um and so and so that will uh be an upcoming review i'm on the road this evening in a hotel in sydney so i have a <laughs> uh, a, a more travel friendly review item, I, I do like to have the item in front of me when i'm reviewing it and the premium formats um it's hard to get them checked as luggage um 
So I try to avoid that. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if the last time that we spoke that I had my lizard wave of Marvel Legends, but I do have my lizard wave now. And no, no, I don't think we did. I think no, we Sasquatch no. was as far as we got. Yep, yep. So I've got them um, now, and I have not opened them yet because I've been that busy. So I probably won't open <laughs> them until it's time to re- to review them. And um, otherwise, yeah, no, I'm kind of um, the the introduction of uh, additional taxes on shipments from yes. overseas to Australia yeah. is definitely going to have an impact on my buying habits. And yes, indeed. I am going to have to play a longer game on some things and you know, kind of source through local places because it just then, particularly with the dollar not being super strong at the moment, makes it insane. And um, But, you know, that's okay. There's there's nothing that um, I feel like, oh, wow, if I don't get that, you know, I'm going to die. Um, I do mm. have the, the Sideshow exclusive Green Arrow on pre-order because that is something that um, I what to me the exclusive portrait is my dinero, yeah, yeah. so yeah. But he's yeah. He's I think we pretty much agreed that was a must. Yeah, and he's you know he is one of my focus characters. So yeah, it's it's yeah. yeah but otherwise, yeah. What about y'all? What have you been? Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Mister Adam? Anything um, of interest? No, I don't think I've got anything that I've actually gotten. Um. I would have pre-ordered, I think, the um, Figure Arts Bulmer, I think, was not out last time we talked. Oh, or was yeah. not up for pre-order. And the other thing that's been available for pre-order is the Kid Krillin um, Figure Arts. Yes. Hooray! Hooray! Yay. So um, more DBZ Figure Arts. That's what I need more of. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I saw um, Krillin, 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 um, come through in a email from Big Bad Toy Store, and uh, you know the natural sort of thing is to oh yeah I'll go and pre-order that, and then I sort of thought about the GST ten percent type thing, and I thought oh, I might actually have a bit of a think about it first and see what other options. So I'm suspecting there might be even be a discussion topic in there, not so much around the tax, but I guess you know it, it will have an impact on us, but how it's going to I guess reshape the way we collect in the future. Yeah. Hmm. Well, as for me, I uh, I've been getting a lot of my pre-orders through a particular company here in Australia, and, and it's one of those one of those places where I'll put in a pre-order, and there might be five or six things from a couple of different lines, and they don't actually sort of ship that whole order until everything arrives. Uh, and so, if six of those seven things are are in it will sit there until that seventh one comes in and um they've certainly now opened themselves up to you contacting them and saying can you just ship the six and add the seventh one to my next order type of thing but just as i was getting ready to do that um i was waiting on i think it was uh, dj canto from star wars black from um from uh, the, the last jedi and uh yeah it meant that he shipped with a whole bunch of other figures but uh, of particular interest uh, and Eddie and I will talk about this in an upcoming episode, was the Star Wars Black Jubak, um, which is uh, just a beautiful figure, a really amazing uh, 
yeah, achievement for Hasbro, and it's the sort of thing that that keeps me excited about the line. So that's one of my fave acquisitions. And that's so cool. Can't, yeah, I'm just trying to think what else. Oh, I'm, I've been trying to catch up on the figure arts. So while I was at the Supernova, there was a couple of people who actually had figure arts. So I picked picked up Tension Han and um, a couple of the uh, the Bandai effects, the the lightning bolt effects okay. uh, guy oh. had them on yeah it's it's one of those things like the those bundai effects particularly the lightning bolt ones they they're not particularly expensive but it's like someone someone's shipping you a toothpick and they package it in a shoebox yeah like it's it's an awful lot of wasted space in the box and so when you go looking for it online the shipping prices are more than the actual unit itself and, yeah, and so i've yeah, I've actually put off getting them. And then there's one fellow who seems to turn up to a lot of these kind of East Coast conventions now, and uh, he, he specialises in a lot of the Japanese stuff. Uh, and he had them on sale, so I picked up both the, the Blue Lightning and the Yellow Lightning for um, really good prices. So that was my main – I actually bought stuff at the uh, at the Comic-Con rather than just selling. So, yeah. Anyway, nice. I, I think we're actually going to talk about some stuff shortly. I think we should. All right. We'll come back after this short break with our first Toy of the Week. If you like listening to podcasts, then there's a good chance you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor, Audible, is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is X Heroes by author Peter Kleins. X-Heroes is the first book in a series about a group of superheroes trying to survive and protect what's left of humanity in the wake of a zombie apocalypse. It's a genre-bending story that has something for fans of comic books, superhero films, and the whole zombie phenomenon. To get your copy of X-Heroes for free and start your 30-day trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Well, here on the Action Figure Blues podcast, we review toys. We speak about them. We discuss them. We critique them. We're always nice about them, except when we're not. But mostly, <laughs> we are. Have we ever been that nice? I don't know. I think I ranted and raved about something once. But Ben tonight is going to probably not rant and rave. He's probably going to methodically discuss the merits of the thing that he is about to review. And I think that I should stop <laughs> raving. And let him do that now. Well, oh, thank you, sir. And uh, you mentioned earlier uh, that you are going to start playing the long game on some of these things, uh, and that's exactly what I did with my toy of the week tonight, and that is the Black Bolt statue from XM Studios. Uh, this was one that when it was first released, I, I just looked at it and thought, wow, that, that's that's actually pretty amazing um, in terms of the, I guess, the art direction and the the production of the piece, um, the way they've kind of achieved the the pose that they have. I guess was um, something I thought was you know pretty unique to quarter scale statues. And uh, Black Bolt, the Inhumans are one of those kind of less is more. Like I, I really enjoy the Inhumans in small doses and. I just uh, there's something about them that 
every time there's a new series, I try to get into it and I enjoy it for a little while and then it starts to go nowhere and I quit. So I think probably the only series that I actually have in its entirety is the uh, the original uh, George Perez one from the 70s, um, which was kind of my introduction to them. And uh, I'm, I'm quite fascinated by the concept of the Inhumans. I just don't think Marvel really knows what they're doing with them and a really crappy TV show doesn't seem to have uh, helped that much. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, look, so this is an XM Studios. These guys are based in Singapore. This is actually one of their earlier statues. It actually came out in early 2016, uh, and I picked this up um, about a month ago, I think. And when it came out, obviously I had some interest in it, as I mentioned, but uh, really getting hold of XM pieces uh, is, is not only difficult, but it's expensive. Um, these, these go for, you know, around 900 Singapore dollars, um, uh, which, you know, I think Singapore dollar and Australian dollar is almost on par. I think maybe, you know, it's $10 cheaper in Australian dollars, but you're looking at about 700 US and then you've got to ship it from Singapore. Uh, and I think I've mentioned before a couple of times that the shipping costs from Singapore are just absolutely ridiculous. Um, it is because uh, the mail delivery people in Singapore get around in gold-plated vans with diamond-encrusted steering wheels, uh, and, and someone has to pay for that, and I guess that's us. So um, it re- really is quite extortion, um, extortionate prices uh, that they charge. So, um, yeah, look, I have taken the plunge on a couple from coming over from um, Singapore, but uh, I've decided that any that sort of take my interest now, I will play the long game and hopefully take advantage of someone here in Australia selling it. So, sure enough, I got chatting to a fellow who was selling uh, Black Bolt cheaper than what I could have got it for, but it was still pretty pricey and I armed an ard and I decided to pass. Uh, and then not long after that, um, I just happened to come across the very same fellow that Mr. Scotty uh, pointed out that was selling the Kota Bukia um, rogue uh, danger room statue uh, just happened to be selling, uh, and that is Adam. Uh, his name's Adam, and he was selling Black Bolt. And then when I saw the price of Black Bolt, I thought, good grief, that is just ridiculous. He was selling it for 800 Australian, uh, and that's somewhere in the vicinity of about sort of 580 US. And I thought that was an absolute steal. Um, and just as I was getting ready to contact him, I thought, oh, I might just sort of have a look on eBay and see how the prices are going because they were sitting at about, you know, 1200 Australian, obviously, you know, was shipping factored into people's selling price. And uh, I found one on eBay for 800 And then I thought, oh, and I looked at it and I thought, oh, I bet that's Adam's statue. He's just got it listed elsewhere. So as I was about to contact him, I got one of those eBay 10% off um, codes. So that would uh, bring the price down from 800 Australian to about 720. And just when I was getting ready to press the button, I had my spare um, DC Universe Classics uh, Kilowog uh, Collect and Connect figure listed on eBay uh, for $100, and that sold. So it just so happens, yeah, I had money going to my PayPal account. So when when the stars aligned, I ended up paying about 620 um, Australian dollars for it. So um, that was an absolute steal. It included free shipping. Um, so I really did get this for a, a, about half what it probably would have cost me if I had have gone through the usual channels. So, so yeah, I, I really concur, Scotty, that, you know, starting to play the long game, um, some of these, you know, collectors out there um, get a bit enthusiastic and pick these items up and then realise that they've spent more than they probably should and and so decide to let a few things go to raise some cash. So, 
I'm going to try and profit from that. Anyway, so Black Bolt. Um, one of the things I really like about this piece and it attracted me was that um, they have stuck with the classics, uh, his costume um, with that very, very um, uh, Jack Kirby, you know, feel with those silver lines over that dark blue costume. Um, they have done their usual XM thing and they've sort of added some slight touches to his costume, but I, I've mentioned in the past that XM have got a bit carried away with their modernising of some costumes with straps and bits and pieces, which I just don't think was warranted. And what they've done here is they've just added some very subtle sort of hexagonal patterning um, on his shoulders and, and on his sort of chest, you know, chest between the, uh, the silver sort of lightning bolts, the Kirby sort of uh, lines. And uh, I think it really accentuates it nicely. It takes it, um, elevates it from just being that, you know, simple lycra suit to something, um, you know, just a, a little bit neater. But um, I think what really sets this statue apart is uh, the production and what they've actually done is they've put him effectively in a, um, gosh, it's hard to sort of describe because depending on how you assemble it, um, it uh, he, he rests almost entirely on one foot and that foot is lifted in a way that the peg comes out, the ball of his foot. Uh, as if he's pressing down with his foot. And so he's entirely suspended by a, a metal rod that comes out of his foot. And what's actually really cool is the base comes in a number of pieces and it actually allows you to choose whether you want to plug that peg uh, in his foot into sort of fairly low in the base so that uh, most of the base and, and um, there's a statue on the base that's sort of got a bit of a... I guess a bit of a, a Roman um, or a Greek feel, like a, an old destroyed statue. And so you can have him on the base in front of this destroyed statue, or you can actually choose to put him uh, up higher and as a second peg hole and give him some elevation. And it really does make this piece stand out because um, you've got this really large, chunky base with just black bolts sticking straight up. Um, out of that that kind of rubble and it really is quite effective so um, look going backwards and talking about the packaging I'm not going to spend much time on this because it's the usual bulletproof XM packaging it comes in that black linen cardboard box with the straps that um, hold it nice and safe everything's packed beautifully it's easy to find everything's you know neatly um, you know sandwiched in between like two separate trays so um, you know XM really, know how to do this I, I think you know a lot of companies could take some um, some lessons from this so I really had no concerns about you know shipping whatsoever um, it really is uh, quite remarkable so you lift out the base and man this thing has got some serious weight to it it's a, a circular base that has the the lower half of the destroyed statue on it um, there's actually a second part to the statue, which is the, the torso from the waist up, and that's actually a separate piece. So if you display Black Bolt in front of this broken statue, you can actually put the second part of the, the statue on and actually have it um, sort of uh, behind him. Uh, if you choose to use the higher peg hole, then you take the, the torso off the broken statue uh, and you can then put Black Bolt 
sort of, uh, he must be probably about 20 centimetres higher if you use the higher elevation point. Um, the good thing about the the torso from the, the Roman statue is you can actually put that back in the box or you can actually sit them on the base as well and just add, um, you know, some more, uh, just an extra dimension to the, to the way it looks. Um, there's a couple of extra pieces. Part of the statue was... Uh, this kind of, um, I guess, a soldier holding weapons and there's a shield. Uh, the shield is actually a separate piece. So you take that out and stick it into the base and it sits neatly between some of the rubble. Um, the, the the base is actually really, really nicely done. There's a lot of great detail. You can see that, for example, um, right at the very bottom of the base, there's some broken parts of the shield. And even though they're actually sculpted into the base, you can see where they would actually fit on the broken shield that is the extra piece that goes behind Black Bolt. So it's actually very cool. So next comes out um, Black Bolt himself, and uh, he's pretty much intact except for hands and head. And uh, you first thing you notice is this really big peg that comes out of that foot. And I'd say that the metal rod actually runs right through his leg, possibly into the torso, I'm not sure. Uh, but in order to, to support that weight just on his, I guess, his toes, um, they really need to, to make sure that that's anchored well. And um, once you actually do push him into that slot, he feels very stable. You know, I tried the little wobble test and he he barely moves at all. So that gave me great comfort that he wasn't going to sort of keel over because um, there's there's been a few incidents where statues that are exposed to a bit of heat actually start to lean because of the nature of the, the resin that they're made with. Um, I think the uh sideshow premium format superman is actually one that has suffered from uh, a bit of lean so um the the awesome thing is once you actually get black bolt in and i actually chose to go for the higher elevation because um the place where i put him um isn't actually restricted by a shelf above it so i definitely went for that higher point just because it's it's just so much fun it looks fantastic um, and then comes down to the the head choices. And what's really cool about this is the way they sculpted it. You can uh, give Black Bolt sort of the relaxed hands and put in um, the, I guess, the relaxed portrait where his mouth is closed. Uh, and it, it almost gives you a feel that he's kind of coming into land uh, as if he's been flying and he's just sort of floating down and about to set, you know, his feet down on the ground. Then you can actually swap out the hands to these open hands that are sort of clenched, well, not clenched slightly, almost doing a bit of a clawed kind of feel. Uh, and then the second head is actually tilted back with his mouth open and he's doing his oh, sonic scream, you know, Black Bolt, when he talks, he you know, destroys things. But when he uh, he does it, he can also use the sound frequencies to, to fly. Um, and that one... Even though the body is exactly the same and all you've done is change the head and the hands, it actually almost gives you the feel that he's taking off because of the way he's looking up, the way the hands are, etc. So um, some great options. So the left hand, you've either got the fist or that sort of um, clawed hand. And then in the right, you've either got the clawed hand or you've got the closed fist that's actually holding a very large scepter that's about as tall as he is and it's very kind of Kirby inspired with its sort of wacky bits on the top. Um, in terms of sculpt, really uh, a lot of fun. The anatomy looks fantastic. There's some very subtle line work um, around some of the edges of the costume so that it doesn't just look like a lycra suit. I've already mentioned that um, hexagonal pattern that's across the chest and shoulders. And every now and then you can actually see where the costume has actually been pinched across the muscle. So there's some some subtle drapery in there, which I think really just uh, brings it up quite, um, quite well. So... 
In terms of the sculpt, I, I really can't fault it. The two portraits are, are just fantastic. I think they're they're so completely different that um, you really do feel like you're getting choices. You know, a couple of times we've received statues where you get a second portrait that is, you know, such a subtle change to the first one that you kind of go, well, you know, why did they bother? They're kind of both the same except the hair's different. Um this one, you know, they really do feel like something is quite separate. He His head is actually quite substantial in terms of the separate piece because it's actually his sort of trapezius and part of his chest as well. It's not just a head. Unfortunately, he doesn't have a collar or anything around his neck that allows that seam uh, to be hidden. So it's, uh, it's quite a substantial piece. Both slotting quite well. I thought the head... Probably the magnets could have been a little bit tighter. However, the magnets in the hands are, are very strong. It's um, the pull was so tight that you know I could actually feel them sort of being pulled out of my hand as I got it close to the to the joint. Um, the uh, the other additional parts, which I didn't even realise until I was rummaging through the box and went, oh, what are these? And and didn't even notice the statue was incomplete. Is Black Bolt has those um, you know weird finangly wings. Uh, under his arms that that look like that sort of folded up paper that you see in a you know you see in a Chinese fan, and it's quite interesting how they achieved those. There's actually two huge, um, I guess, cavities in his back, and uh, you actually slot uh, a piece into those, and then it allows the those those fans to to all the wings to sort of then hang down uh, under his arm and from the back they're actually snapping quite well um, they look really really good and and it, it fits quite well it's actually hidden uh, very nicely however the top of the wings don't quite kind of reach the underarm they should actually connect to where his tricep is on his arms but because of the manufacturing, the way they've actually done the production process they don't actually make contact with his arms so there's a bit of a gap so. From some angles, that looks a bit awkward, um, but it actually looks better from the back, which is quite odd. Uh, so, you know, the the detail in this piece is, is really quite subtle because there's not a lot of colour and stuff going on. It's not until you get quite close and you look at that awesome sort of Greek statue, you look at the detail in his costume, particularly the portraits, like the eyes are really well done, um, and then you sort of really notice just how nice this piece is. Um, paint, there's actually not a huge amount to talk about. Um, they really haven't used a, a lot of colour, uh, and, and that's just the way the piece is. I, I'd almost be convinced that the textured part of his costume and the, the smooth parts of his costume are two different coloured blues. It's it's really kind of hard to tell. Uh, I think maybe if you took it out in natural light, it might be more obvious, but I'd almost be convinced that they have used two different blues just to sort of... Um, break it up a little bit and other than that you, you're really just looking at the the silver that um that that sort of highlights those kirby stripes on his torso and around his arms and also the wings the wings are just straight silver there's not a lot of highlighting going on i don't know whether there should be some highlighting but it does feel a bit dull um compared they have done some subtle dry brushing in the recesses to just sort of do some some shading but for me the the part that really stands out that's a lot of fun is actually the the statue behind him that sort of broken statue it really does look like a uh, an ancient stone statue that's been demolished um i don't particularly know why they've kind of tied it in with that kind of greek mythology um but uh it's really really nicely done 
Oddly, though, the, the whole base has been done that colour, so I would have thought that the very bottom of the base would have been done in um, something else. It, it's almost as if the statue has crumbled and turned to, to dust and that's covered the entire base as opposed to having a statue on, you know, pavers or, or something like that and the pavers are a different colour to the actual statue. Um, so, you know, that's like a little nitpick here and there. Uh, but really, you know, this is a, a great piece in terms of display choices. Like you really do have some amazing options in in how you want to do it. And uh, certainly the other, you know, collectors that I've seen that have this piece on display, it really can go either way in terms of the way people um, choose to display it. So at the moment for me, I've got him up high. I've got the screaming mouth and I've got just the two clawed hands. So the... Uh, the, the huge scepter is actually put away. Um, he is a space hog. Uh, I think to the, the top of the scepter, if you put him on the highest point, you're talking nearly, you're talking three feet. You're talking about 90 centimetres from base to the top of the scepter. So he is huge, absolutely huge. And then if you take the scepter away um, to the top of his head, you're talking about 75 centimetres. So uh, easily the tallest statue that I own once he's uh, displayed in that position. But really, he, he looks amazing like that. He, he really has um, something quite unique compared to all the other pieces that I've got. So, you know, in, in summary, I think other than the, the, the wings being that just sort of plain silver and not quite touching his arms, a um, bit of a nitpick on the base, um, I don't think, considering how much I actually paid, that that's much that I can take off. So really, I'll probably just have to settle for about $9.5 out of 10 Oh, cool. It, I mean, I'm loving these pictures. I've obviously seen um, this in like a number of you know, promo shots, etc. but some of the photos that um, you've shared here that really show off the detail um, this just this is a beautiful, beautiful piece. It, yeah, it really. I, I'm glad I decided to pursue it. it. It is one of those sort of save searches. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention, which was kind of cool, is there's this weird little card in the box, and I thought, what is this card? I, I it's all in you know a completely different language, and then I could actually pick up one um, one thing that was kind of not written in English, but obviously written in in you know, the, the English alphabet, and it was something like SG25, whatever it was. And I thought, I have no idea what that is. And I typed it into Google, and um, it's actually a, a little certificate for precious metals. And it turns out that the tuning fork that's actually sticks up from Black Bolt's forehead on both um, of the portraits is actually sterling silver. Uh, cool. So, yeah, I thought that was, yeah, a really neat touch. That is fantastic. Thank you very much for that, Ben. It is always great to hear your reviews. Uh, where do you see your XM collecting heading from here? What's next on your radar? Oh, gosh. Uh, I, I think I'd really like to see the Medusa statue in person. Um, obviously, now that I have Black Bolt, the Medusa comes with Lockjaw and... I think Lockjaw looks fantastic, and I think most of Medusa looks fantastic. I just am still, still not a hundred percent on some of the female portraits that XM yes. produce. No, it is. So, so seeing it in person would be um, 
my next thing. Look, I, I, there's a lot of XM pieces that I think uh, are fantastic in terms of just the character availability. Like I, I love uh, Electro, um, Sandman, uh, etc. And it doesn't look like that Sideshow are going to do those anytime soon. They seem to have settled on doing the same ten characters over and over again. Uh, which is, you know, a story for another episode. But um, I think for me the one that's probably got my most interest is um, Moon Knight. Oh, interesting. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm waiting for Moon Knight to actually come out and then once uh, a few people have him in hand just to sort of see um, whether, yeah, it looks as good as um, uh, as the prototype that I've actually seen. So... But, um, yeah, look, at the moment, I, look, I don't have any on pre-order. Uh, I'm not actively hunting any. I'm I'm just kind of cruising at the moment. And, you know, if an opportunity presents itself, um, I, I might take it. But, yeah, yeah, for now, things will be uh, quiet for a while. Cool, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you very much for that, Ben. That's um, great. We will take a very short break, and we will come back for our next Trade of the Week. Now you can have your own special Captain Planet adventure with your favorite planeteers. There's Wheeler, who has the power of fire, and the daring Linka with the power of wind. You can even use the planeteers' eco-cycle, and your own power rings will let you call Captain Planet. Bring him to the rescue and save the Earth. Captain Planet and the Planeteers, now available at Kmart. Well, our second toy of the week is Mr. Adam, and he is taking another look at the newest entry in the Dragon Ball figure arts line. And uh, Mr. Adam, take it away. Thank you. So, yes, this time I'm looking at uh, everyone's favourite lame fighter, Yamcha, uh, the man who (laughs) consistently gets his ass handed to him by (laughs) all and sundry within about five seconds. Um, For those that aren't aware, haven't seen the memes, whatever else, um, Yamcha is the first real um, human opponent that's faced in Dragon Ball by Goku. Uh, He gets his ass handed to him by a small child. He then (laughs) proceeds to lose every other fight of significance that he participates in. Uh, (laughs) And that's really what he adds to the show. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is Yamcha from the Saiyan Saga. Um, So he's got his... uh, Kame Sen Gi on. He's got the uh, long flowing hair that's not on a ponytail. Um, if it were in a ponytail, you'd be able to say this was um, the 20, 23rd World Tournament um, version of Yamcha um, because he has it in a ponytail at that point. But, um, yeah, so uh, as far as look of the figure, he is basically in large amounts you could probably say this is a um a goku buck reuse he's got um same orange gay he's got the new ab crunch he's got the new um articulation for the crotch he's got a, a double joint segment knee um he's got ankle just ball jointed ankle he's got um a toe joint or a toe um what are we calling that articulated toe so it's just a straight hinge uh, he has the articulated shoulders. They are the butterfly type shoulder, um, bicep cut, double jointed elbow, and a just standard ball jointed wrist and double jointed neck. So the only other articulations there, um, the bow on his belt is able to be rotated around like a um, 
bit of a helicopter thing, and the long part of his hair is articulated, so you can try and move that around a little bit, um, which kind of works, it kind of doesn't, um, but you can have a go with that. Um, in terms of uh, things like Year of Release, this was released in 2018 and was going for $65 US at the time of release. Um, so, I mean, realistically, yep, that's probably about fair. Once we get into a bit more detail, we'll talk about that. Um, the box is fairly standard for a, a Dragon Ball figure art. It's got the uh, front window panel with the side and top so you can see the figure before you purchase it. Work out if that's really what you're after. Um, has a bit of posing on the front, including some black and white. Um, more pose options on the back. Um, although some of those are repeats of what's on the front, just shown in different detail. Um, so that's probably one of the first times I've seen that happen. Um, after you do that, it's the standard tray with a tray cover that clips on nicely. Get a purple backing card and then a how to play with your dolly um, set of instructions, which is helpful for those that are new to the line. Um, we should always assume that people are new. Um, and realistically, in this case, it's going to be about how to swap out hands and how to swap out uh, portrait. So the portrait, in this case, um, I'm just having a go at it now. The um, whole fringe bangs, etc. front half of the hair comes off. Then you take the face off. And this is interesting. I haven't actually um, done a portrait swap for a little while on some of the newer ones. Um, where it used to just be essentially a ball joint that plugged straight into the hair or back of the head, um, this now is a ball joint, but the, the neck ball joint plugs into like a flesh-coloured cylinder that plugs into the back of the hair. And I'm kind of iffy about trying to take that off because it doesn't look like it's really going to do that. But there is clearly a plug from the back of that into the back of the hair. Um, does it actually serve a purpose? Like, is it is it an upgrade of the original, or does it allow some new functionality? I assume it just gives you a greater likelihood of the head staying on. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, yep. So that the head's the head not just going to come apart and fall You know, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of heads staying on. <laughs> yeah, it's generally useful. Um, the one that always got me was, I mean, it wasn't a swap-out portrait, it was just a full swap. The head was... Um, Piccolo's head would never stay on comfortably um, in one version or another. So, yeah, 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 that's kind of interesting. Um, the other thing is it kind of shows you how tall Yamcha's hair is. Um, I reckon it's about a third of his face higher again, um, just to the crown of his hair from the top of his um, forehead. So he's actually a very big-haired gentleman. Um, but I guess the thing there that might upset a few people is if it wasn't for that, and I guess um, the fact that he's wearing kind of a karate um, slipper-type shoes, you'd always be able to take this and just swap out um, the head and, like, if you did a, a bit of customization, the, the boots, and you'd have a, um, a Goku without his undershirt on, which um, probably excites a few people for reasons <laughs> best known only to themselves. Ooh, um, and would also, yeah, would also... Um, save releasing a new figure that I'm sure at some point we'll get when we've got to every other version of Goku done. Um, so, yeah, the portraits work pretty well. The hands are the standard um, just remove and it's on a ball joint and swap on another hand. 
Um, one of the things that's interesting is at some point, and I oh, clearly wasn't paying enough attention at the time, where the um, the wrist cuffs used to just be a moulded piece of, piece of plastic that came off um, if you wanted it to, they are now actually just part of the forearm and painted. Um, so we've definitely talked about them being painted before because we've talked about bits of um, slot that happens and there's a little bit on, uh, on mine. Um, but it's interesting that at some point clearly – it either became a pain in the ass for articulation, either cost, or people just got tired of um, potentially losing their their cuffs there. Um, so that's another interesting thing that we haven't really talked about at any point. Um, the other articulation that is fairly standard is the um, shoulder sleeves on the gi are articulated, and that's done the same way as they normally are done, which is that there's a little plug hole um, on the back of the shoulder and a small post that comes out of um, the back of the sleeve that plugs into that, and then it just rotates backwards and forwards quite simply on the shoulder um, so that when you need to move your shoulder around a bit, you can then reposition the sleeve so it doesn't get in the way and stop you from moving mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And that's actually a really crucial factor in a lot of these figures in trying to get things looking vaguely like a, a natural movement. Uh, it's one of the problems that they had with some of the bigger figures like um, Broly where he didn't have anything covering his shoulder and it just kind of looks a bit gooby when you've just got the big joint hanging out there. Yeah, it's a bit awkward. Yep. Um, otherwise, uh, in terms of paints, there is a bit of paint around the joint. Uh, the faces, as per normal, look like they're basically decaled on or something, so they're all perfect. Um it appears as though there's somewhat of a wash, uh, sort of a darkish wash over parts of the gi. Um, so it's not just straight matte orange, which is nice. Um, there was that period where we just got the straight matte orange gi in plastic uh, with no highlighting, and that was kind of boring. Um, so this has some level of detail, which is nice. Uh, and you get the, um, the turtle... Um, insignia on the front and back which is cool though at the back you have to lift up the unchaste hair to see it um so all those of you that look for excuses to do things like look up people's hair or skirts there's there's an excuse for you there um in terms of swap outs there are three additional portraits it comes with a default serious looking face there is a uh, a shouting um you know i'm i'm doing a big attack face there is a grimacing uh, teeth clenched and exposed face, and there is a smirking, big, big grinning, smirking um, teeth exposed face as well, which uh, is basically just the grimacing face. But we, I'm just trying to look. Um, some of the lines under the eyes drawn slip slightly differently, and the mouth being a little bit bigger. Swap out hands. There are palms out, fingers flayed, key blasts. There are grappling-y, key-blasty hands, and there are Roga Fufu Ken uh, finger grip hands. So if you want to do that, because that's uh, Yamcha's really um, signature manoeuvre, you can put that on there. Um, and he comes pre-equipped with the default punchy hands that everyone must have. Um, the other packing is one of the things that got a lot of people excited early on, um, possibly a little bit overexcited, and I'm sure some people are still fairly excited about it, and that is it was a pack-in Cyberman. So for those that are familiar with the show, um, these are just what you expect. For those that are not familiar, these are the little green dudes um, from the Saiyan Saga, 
And basically they grow from seeds very quickly um, and turn into fairly decent uh, fighters um, that do serious damage to the Z fighters that are present. What? Um, Cyberman? The, the dude's not silver. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. I'll, I'll mute myself. Yeah. So if you haven't seen the show or read the, the manga, they look a fair bit like a scroll, but if a scroll was only at about knee height in terms of total height and didn't have a skull cap on, and under that skull cap had a um, giant crang brain type uh, skull. Um, I guess that's a fair way of describing them, uh, Ben. Yeah, yeah, that, that yep. would work. <laughs> yep. So they've got a cod piece and everything. So, you know, that's how you know that they're, <laughs> they're clearly uh, an alien. There's no human being would walk around in a cod piece in this day and age. Um, but yeah, so yes, it's nice that we've got to pack in Cyberman. Um, yeah, there's a little bit of articulation. So his head turns side to side. Um, it doesn't really do any other rotation. Um, and there's a swivel at the shoulder joint, so you can just kind of rotate it through uh, 360 degrees of shoulder cut. Um, and the right wrist is articulated, um, and the hand can come off, which excites people that want to have the um, the dead Yamcha uh, with Cyberman hand nearby um, pose. But there's no articulation in the waist. There is no leg articulation. So realistically, it's going to be standing there looking kind of dumb. Um <laughs> So it's a bit like the uh, the Chao Tzu pack in that came with um, that came with Tenshin Han or Nappa, um, yeah. yeah. And it it's it's nice that we're getting them, but they're still fairly underwhelming. Um, and I kind of remember the Cybermen being fractionally bigger than knee height. Like I would have thought they were at least up to mid thigh. Um, it's one of those I would have rather we got like a a two or three pack of Cybermen as a separate thing with a bit more articulation. Um, don't really need much by way of swap outs. And I would have paid for that separately. Um, instead, we've paid 10 or $15 for this one and it's kind of poor. Um, yes, it'd be entirely new sculpting uh, and all of that kind of gear. So, you know, I'm not complaining too much. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like we could have had a better version had we spent a bit more money on it and made it like a, a multi-pack. Um, and the other thing, I guess, is that we could have had is having an effects part. Um, and I've been banging on about this from the start, but we really don't get a lot of effects parts in a show where uh, key attacks and big effect type of attacks are like the bulk of the, the big fight scenes, right? So, um Yamcha has his own attacks that no one else has. Like he has the whole spinning key sphere thing that no one else does. Um, there's no reason we couldn't have just had a small key ball or another Kamehameha um, blast mm. effect happening. It's And those ones are, you know, already done. They've already made them. It costs them nothing in terms of new tooling. It's just gone crank the handle once again and produce another one. Thanks, folks. Um, but, you know... Sure, we've got a Cyberman pack in, so we can now say we've ticked off that small character off the list and um, probably never to talk about it again until someone <laughs> decides they can milk us for 30 40 bucks for a Cyberman as a separate figure. Or do some sort of multi-pack. Yeah, it'll be like all the teeny tiny warriors or something and it'd be that and a <laughs> Cell Junior and a, a Chiaotzu or something. Um, yeah, go then. 
I think the odd thing for me with this one, and I mean, you know, I haven't picked mine up yet, but uh, I definitely will, is, you know, I know Yamcha is always trying hard and is always always, um, annoyed uh, kind of thing, but, you know, you've got four different portraits that are all very subtle um, takes on the, the same look. Like there's not one of him kind of smiling. Well, there's the the aggressive smile. Um, but you know, I think when you include four different portraits, um, it really does give you an opportunity to to give very different expressions for for storytelling when when you're posing figures. But you know, they've given us four portraits that are pretty much identical. Yeah, agreed. I mean, the other thing I guess you could have done as a swap outs is. Um, just the different hairstyles of Yamcha, right? I mean, mm. for the same portrait, you could give him the long shaggy hair, you could give him the hair in a ponytail, you could give him the bowl cut, and you could give him the spiky hair, and nothing else changes about his look in that time frame. Yeah, yeah. I've got to say, as someone who doesn't know the um, property and pretty much anything I know about Dragon Ball, I've learned from Adam. Um, <laughs> the you know, it's terrifying. The <laughs> this figure just confuses me completely. Um, <laughs> I, like about in terms of like who this dude is, as opposed to the other dudes, and this is they're, just, they're all the same. They're just all the same. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the confusion comes in because the the gi that they wear, the the orange outfit with the blue, yeah, you know, yeah. the belts and yeah. stuff is, um, you know, yeah, it's it's from the the. Um, you know, it's a tribute to their teacher. So they wear his yeah. gi when they when they fight. Yeah. So um, you know, they've all got variations of the same outfit, much the same as you know when you watch Karate Kid. You know, all the Cobra Kai guys wear you know the Cobra Kai gi. So um, I think what doesn't help is the fact that Yamcha has you know the black hair that sticks out on every angle, and and so does um, so does Goku. So yeah. <laughs> How does he? How does he actually measure up alongside Goku in terms of height wise? I mean, if it, it almost looks like there's you know buck reuse. Yeah, I haven't got my Goku out, but I'm just looking at some of the other photos, and he looks like he's probably around the same height uh, based on some of the other photos. Uh, yeah, it'd be about the same height. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's fractionally shorter because um, I think. His lower leg might be a little bit shorter. Okay. I'll work out where Goku uh, No, I reckon it's probably about the same overall. Mm. I think it's just that they cut the pant leg off a bit higher up on Goku. Oh. So, yeah. yeah. Very good. Very good. Well, I shall look forward to getting mine. Mm. So All right. Overall dolly rating I don't think I've given. Oh, uh, no, you didn't. I reckon this is probably seven and a half. Um just, yeah, needed a little bit more imagination. Mm. Bandai, yeah. if, you're, if you're listening, Adam's available. Yeah. And if you want imagination, we can guarantee you he will provide it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we have years of forum posts to prove it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Mr. Adam. And uh, we're going to take another short break. And when we come back, uh, Mr. Scotty, as usual, will anchor us with the final Toy of the Week. If your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch, then you might like a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. 
Loot Crate is the world's favorite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues with the promo code BREACH10. Well, once again, it's that time of the show, our third and final Toy of the Week, and Mr. Scotty, you are downsizing. <laughs> well, I'm downsizing, but with something that is kind of upsized for what it is. Um, this is the beginning of another tale of Scotty collecting DC lines in the hope that they become universe-building things that probably won't and, and in despair. Um, but, you know, one can only try. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about Vinimates, uh, the DC Vinimates. And now I'm not having trouble pronouncing my M's. I am saying mate, not Minimate. Now, what is a Minimate? Well, I will tell you now that I know. (laughs) So, first of all, just to – I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Um, Minimates, of course, is a thing. Uh, It was an art asylum thing, which became a uh, Diamond Select thing. The Marvel Minimates line uh, has – gone on for an incredibly long time um, successfully. The DC Minimates line was started as a co-production between Art Asylum and DC Direct, who had uh, the attention span of a gnat. And so they did, <laughs> you know, a few um, series, sets of four packs. I've still got them all. Um, and then gave up. And uh, mm-hmm. as as they were wont to do, um, so the 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 DC Minimates um, ran for a very short time and only got a very tiny piece of the DC universe out there. Very sad. And Minimates are two inch tall um, you know, block style figures that are articulated and sometimes have swap out parts, etc. Um, and we haven't seen DC ones for quite a while. So I was quite excited when Diamond uh, announced that they were going to, I thought they were bringing back DC Minimates, but Minimates, which are four-inch versions, um, have made a return, and I'm reviewing tonight the free comic book day Nightwing and Batgirl two-pack, which turned out to be an ironic a packaging and title because uh, this famously did not make it out in time for a free comic book day. Oops. <laughs> um, the, so this was meant to be in stores on the 5th of May, which of course is first Saturday of the month is free comic book day. And it's on the box in uh, um, even with a date on it, but it didn't actually make it out into stores until the 30th. Right. Um, yeah, <laughs> but that is okay. So what are Vinimates? Vinimates um, are not just uh, four-inch tall Vinimates. 
um, which to me would be super duper exciting because mini mates are articulated. Mini mates are not. Mini mates are sculpted in block style, and um, that's okay. They're cute. They're kind of you know fun desk ornaments. Um, they don't have losable parts, and that's all um, good. Um, but uh, this does create an issue when I get into my review with one of these particular figures. Mm. The uh, they come in window boxes that are super collector friendly. Um, thank you, Diamond, for that. So if you are uh, a you know in the box collector or you want to put them back in the box, then you can. Um, they are pretty lightweight, um, but you know they do stand sturdily, um, which I'm obviously a big fan of because twice falling over is always sad. The well, unless you hate them, and then maybe you're like vicariously glad every time they fall over. But otherwise, it's sad. <laughs> Basically, generally frowned on unless you're like sick. Um, the so Nightwing and Batgirl come in. Uh, it's kind of interesting the the in terms of where they sit um, era wise um, because Batgirl is very definitely. The New 52 Batgirl of Burnside, Batgirl with pouches and laces, all the things. Um, whereas Nightwing seems to be just kind of a more generic, kind of classicish Nightwing. Um, we, and uh, I mean, I'm not sure if the New 52 Nightwing had a particularly iconic style or had a dramatic change in his costume, really. Mm, no, uh, not. Mm. He went for the um, red for a while. Oh, that's true. That's true. He did have red. So this is the blue version, which is certainly my my preference. Although yeah. I didn't, I didn't mind that kind of um, red, uh, like a bigger sort of stripy chest emblemy thing that was yeah, the, yeah. the New Fifty Two dude. So yeah, it's kind of funny. This is because I when I when I think New Fifty Two um, Nightwing, I do think red. And yet they've kind of mm, done the back of mm. side, but then the kind of blue, more, you know, classic-ish uh, Nightwing. So there you go. Your mileage may vary. Um, the the Vinnie-Mate line is a kind of a mosh line of movie, video game, and comic characters. Um, so, But there is a kind of Batman, a comic Batman subset of these from which we've seen Batman, Joker, um, Batwoman, Catwoman, and um, these guys. Um, so these are not articulated. Um, they are really nicely sculpted, um, obviously in that sort of block style, um, but then with um, very nicely um, done head sculpts. Um, the, if I talk about Nightwing first, um, his um, hair is really nicely sculpted. Um, one of the things I thought, think that is interesting about this is that obviously made a, a decision to change his pose from the time that the artwork was done. So the um, the, the pose that we get in the um, actual figure is slightly different um, from the pose of um, the promo art. Not so much the body, but his head is actually... Um, face is turned a different way. So on the promo packaging, his head is turned to the left and his chin is slightly raised, where um, as in the actual figure, his head is turned to the right um, and not tilted. 
And this did make me momentarily think, oh, how exciting, maybe these are articulated. And then I discovered they weren't by nearly twist head off. Um, and, <laughs> and then I was thinking, wow, these are, they're, they're really tight. They must be loosened. And I thought, no, I'm, I, I'm breaking this right now. So I stopped. Um, <laughs> and I was like, dang it. Um, but, you know, like really, really fun. Um, the there is a little bit of texture in the sculpt in on his arms. Um, the there is a kind of sculpted line between the blue stripes and black of his outfit on his arms, but on the body it's all just a de- uh, yeah no it's all just a decal of which is very typical minute stuff where he's got kind of decaled on abs, which would be the only kind of abs that I would ever have as well if I could get ab decals um the which wouldn't look great over a pot belly let's face it um the uh his his little night staff oh what what are those things called that he holds help his me screamer out. sticks his screamer sticks thank you um <laughs> are sculpted in again so no pesky um accessory losing um but also no mobility he's got a really kind of cheeky grin um, and I love his the way that his um, face is uh, painted or the decal has been put on. Um, really nicely done. Um, it, it's kind of this is a really interesting mix of cast plastic uh, with some paint and decals. Um, I would say that it's the majority of the piece is cast in black, um, and then um, the other colors are decaled or painted on. That works all fine on the body, but when we get to the uh, head. The head does appear to have been cast in black, and then the um, flesh color, uh, the, the Caucasian flesh color, is um, painted on with the facial features then decaled on. And there is a tiny bit of paint rub um, on the left side of his face where you can see a little bit of the darker cast color coming through. So, not 100% perfect, but pretty good. He's super fun. I'm looking forward to having him chilling on my desk. Uh, then we come to Batgirl, and this is where the um, not being articulated thing becomes slightly problematic because she has been sculpted in the. And I have to say, when I picked these up, I had not fully kind of trigged that these were not articulated, and so I was like, "Oh, that's mm. cute. She's in, she's in a kind of um, you know cute pose in the box, um, looking to the to the left with her arm kind of sticking out, like you know, stop in the name of love or whatever." Um, um, but no, her her head is um, sculpted with looking directly over her left shoulder. Um, so she's obviously got very good neck flexibility. Um, but then in terms of posing her in a way where you can actually see her face, you have you are very limited in options. I think it's a, it's a really odd, uh, a really odd position to sculpt a figure without the ability to kind of rotate the head um you could have had her still with this kind of lunge pose with her arm you know her her left hand extended but with the head just with a little bit less rotation to give it more flexibility in terms of how you display it but if you i mean like you know uh, unless something's been sculpted deliberately to not be looking at you I always like to kind of display things where I can see the face, you know, and so that means, you know, I've got not lots of options where this looks any good on the desk, and it really is a bit of a weird limitation. Um, Sculpt-wise, there's some really nice detail um, on this, that her chest, uh, again, is an emblem, um, but her, her belt 
um, and pouches are sculpted on the the forearm and on her shoes. Her shoelaces are actually kind of sculpted, so they're raised mm. there, which is really cool. Um, the body here is definitely kind of cast in purple with the yellow um, painted on, which of course is always fraught. Um, you know, I would the so it's not perfect, but pretty good. Um, her hands are funky. Uh, I, this one thing I don't understand about the way that these um, uh, are these sculpts are done is that her her right hand is just a fist. It is it's really quite peculiar. Um, mm. that, uh, like just a ball. I mean, so if you and I'm not I'm not sure what was meant to be happening there because if you look at um the other like some of the vinnie mates seem to have just these their hands are just like these weird balls which is clamps yeah Mm. well well, she's got one that's kind of a weird clamp and but one that then is just a ball um without anything kind of sculpted in it even if there's nothing to hold um which is kind of not the traditional block figure style so i'm not quite sure what that's meant to um represent there it's, it's kind of a bit peculiar um her the, the paint on her head is um really quite good just a little bit of um kind of bleed from the the caucasian flesh um color on her right ear back to the back of her mask but it, it's pretty good so look, these are super fun they're about ten dollars us a little bit more um australian um, but not um, – they're basically pop vinyl prices. They're not obviously as big as pops, but they've got um, probably more detail. Um, and if this does become something that, you know, gets a decent swag of DC characters in it, it's something that I would consider, you know, kind of mm. collecting just for fun. I'm going to be super cautious with these. Um, I do love me some Batgirl. Um, so that's the – you know, like I and, – and I'm – uh, enjoy having a kind of varied Batgirl collection. So, and Nightwing, I yeah. think gets gets enough toy love. So I'm always happy to see. And, and then Nightwing. they're not space hogs either. They seem to be a, a, a good size, a good alternative to you know the the various um, you know Funko blind bags and and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I think they're super fun. Obviously, making them articulated would make them a much higher price point. So I do understand um, you know the kind of sculpted in and all that. I get it. I, I do think just from an art direction point of view that the pose choice um, for uh, Batgirl with her head all the way to the left is just super peculiar. I don't like, you know, I look at things like this and just go, so that it's like, you know, someone obviously, had, well, yeah, there's a bit of flexibility. It just, it's really weird to me the way that, they, that they've done that, because if you want to be able to see much of her uniform, then you're looking at the side of her face. It's really, mm-hmm. it's really odd. Um, so there you go. Maybe whoever sculpted it has a thing about women looking over their shoulder at it. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, look, these, these are, are really fun. I, I'm going to, um, probably say, you know, a jolly rating would be kind of like seven and a half out of 10. Um, because you know, they are what they are. Um, the, and so if you, uh, as you said, Ben, you, you can build up a little, a, a lovely display of a number of these and not have it take up mountains of room. Um, mm. And, you know, I think, and they do have a bit more of a form factor to them. Um, I really like the size. I I would pay a bit more mm. for articulated mm. versions of these. 
um, you know, I'd be prepared to to pay a bit more to have that kind of articulation option. But I guess that's, I I did try and work out why they're called Boonie Mates. I couldn't. And so you can start your um, Uh, (laughs) patronizing emails now. Oh, I assume it's their vinyl and then like a mini mate, so Vinny mates. Oh, gosh, you're so smart, <laughs> Adam. Thank you. It's like yeah. a pun, you know? Well, I know. Well, look, I, that, I'm disappointed because I put an entire two minutes of research in this. <laughs> there you go. Well, speaking of the vinyl, how, how do they measure up weight-wise? Like, you know, when you go to pick it up, does it feel like a 10-centimetre tall action figure? Do they feel lighter or heavier or...? Same. Uh, they they feel probably about the weight of just a like, you know a six inch Marvel Legend kind of thing, maybe a tiny bit heavier. Um, they de- mm. they they mm. they've got a good center of gravity, um, and so they uh, are um, you know nice and stable. Um, they've got enough weight to them to you know be able yeah. to kind of stand um, nicely. Nightwing is better balanced than Batgirl. Batgirl's got a tiny little wobble. Um, yeah. I mean, it. I guess they would stand pretty well with those block feet. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, they're, they're mm. super fun. There's a, um, you know, I, I guess it's like anything, you know, for for me where you you always have this, you know, universe builder hope. It's it's really, you know, is this going to turn into something that you know, has? But I mean, I, I think if you're a Batman fan, then you'd be well, um, you know, you'd be well and truly into this line because they already have got you know, the kind of obligatory back characters that we already get. It's then whether or not the rest of it is... There's a Green Lantern in this, Superman is Wonder Woman, um, uh, Harley, uh, of course. But then there are Justice League movie ones. There are Watchmen ones, which um, are are really cool. I've always been a bit of a Night Owl um, fan. Used to yeah, you know, yeah. someone who kind of went by that. And um, <laughs> the... Uh, the um, but yeah, I'll I'll be very sparing with these simply because it's probably going to be another collection that doesn't go anywhere get any, anywhere near where I would love to see it. Hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Very nice. Well, thank you once again, Mr. Scotty. You uh, always like to bring us something new, and I didn't even know these existed. So um, that was actually a lot of fun for me. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right. Well, that was our third and final of Toy of the Week. We are going to take a break and then we're going to come back and say goodbye. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and you may just hear it read out. Don't forget, you can also contact us through Twitter if you tweet, and, uh, of course, our Facebook page. Well, that was it, fellas. Nice to be back together again. Indeed. Indeed. We'll, um, we'll Let's make this a thing. Yeah, let's let's Three, do it again sometime. Three twenty-five, three hundred and twenty-five. Crazy. Three hundred and twenty-five. Yeah, it's a bit. I don't, don't feel, feel a day over three hundred. <laughs> I was going to say three twenty-four. So there you go. <laughs> I feel like we need like a, a holographic chrome cover or something. That's right. It's be like gatefold. Oh, yeah. absolutely, and like a you know we can maybe for four hundred we'll go. You know, like um, 
oh, what's the word? Uh, like lithograph something. Yeah. Nice. I think That'd for be... 400, we have to kill someone, really. <laughs> like a, 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 a much beloved character must die or something by 400. <laughs> this will be. Uh, yeah, yeah. We've, got a, we've got a couple of supporting characters. We can probably get rid of fairly. Um, mm-hmm. the, shake yeah. the podcast to its very core. So. Oh, and things will never be the same. <laughs> things will never be the same. <laughs> Sets things up for. Yeah. Oh. I bet that must just come out of like some magnetic word kit. Yeah, where like, you know, how, how do we kind of. You know, um, groundbreaking, earth shattering, the start of a new era that will get cancelled in five. You know, it, nothing it's kind will of ever sad be the same. It will never be the same. That's the most overused line in yeah. comics, I swear. <laughs> yeah. uh, until we make it all period. the same again. Yeah, that's right. Until the next one. All right. Thank you, one until and all. It's been fun. We'll catch you next oh, week. Rest in peace, Steve Ditko. Yeah. That was a sad one. That was sad. Yeah. Ninety. I wrote him a letter at I wrote him a letter at Christmas and he wrote back. Did he really? That was nice. Yeah. How, how yeah, he old did. were you? In, uh, hey? How old were you? How old was I? Yeah. Uh well that was six months ago, so Oh you mean this Christmas Passing of Mister Ditko into a gag. <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I, um, I generally didn't get that you meant this Christmas. <laughs> no, I just just thought, just thought, you know, I, I'm going to write. You know, I can't actually. I think I was on one of the, um, I was on one of the Facebook pages, one of the Australian comic book Facebook pages, and someone said that, um, you know, Steve Ditko's address is is public because um, he doesn't. Well, he didn't didn't actually see people, so he wouldn't let anyone into kind of you know his studio or anything like that. But his address was obvious because he had this studio in Manhattan, and uh, I, I, I typed it in, and something came up on one of the American comic forums or something, and I ended up I think I messaged a guy and I said, "Do you, do you have his address?" And he went, "Yeah, sure, here it is." And I thought, "Really? Oh, I'll, you know, what ready. the hell? Yeah, I'll take a shot. So, what's it going to cost me a stamp?" So. I, I wrote out this letter and sent it off and thought, I wonder if I'll hear anything back. And then, wow, very promptly, I'm talking, I got a reply before I thought it would have even gotten to the US kind of thing. And yeah, so it was a very short That's missive. And he was, yeah, 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 yeah. Good old. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't think Mr. Ditko was computer literate. So, so yes, he was still as feisty as ever. And yeah. So there you go. That is lovely. So, yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah, and, and so, you know, one of the things, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I, I enjoy my comic history, so, you know, I've read a lot. And you, you get people who are, you know, it's really sad that, that Steve Ditko didn't attend cons and, and let fans, you know, appreciate him for all his efforts. And it's like, well, you know, he lived the way he wanted to. Like, he, he chose that that kind of life where he just, you know, went to his studio and he worked and then he went back to his apartment. And um, But, you know, he, he got a lot of letters from fans that he engaged with and wrote back. And, and I think, you know, that would have given him a sense of awareness to, to just what, you know, he, he meant to people. So, so yeah, very really sad. Lovely. It's hmm. a lovely story. Yeah, so it's actually one of those treasures in my collection. 
Yeah. So. Good day. All right. Well, on that positive note. <laughs> Fairly well. <laughs> All right. Thank Thanks for listening. Catch you next week. Bye. Bye for now. Good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. 